Hi, I'm Kate. And I'm Mandy. And this is Love Sober. The podcast for the sober and sober curious. Hi there and welcome back to Love Sober, the podcast for the sober and sober curious. And this is episode 147. God, I feel like I haven't said that in ages. Ooh. Um, exciting. How exciting <laughs> is my life? <laughs> uh, so it's Kate and I today and we are, yeah, just going to chat through something that um, a listener sent in. And we really like it, you know, when we get sort of queries or can you talk about this because it kind of helps us especially after 147 episodes so yeah the sort of query was around you know how do you handle it when your partner still drinks or is, is quite sort of booze centric and you're going sober um you know and it's something we've talked about before but I think it's something that is you know really impactful for people and um yeah so we'll dive into that today but we'll just do our check-in so hello Kate how are you doing hello um oh <laughs> should we just do a podcast on how I'm feeling today the whole rah, 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 rah. um yeah I'm all right I'm a bit I'm a bit up and down really you know still settling into the whole school thing looking at secondary schools with my daughter she's just about to go you know next year's intake um you know stuff with the other one you know that's complex Mm. um and and actually secondary school it was it was a bit of a big evening last night I felt like I was like hit by a ton of bricks because I was like I wasn't it was a lovely secondary school and secondary school was where it all fell apart for me it was very complicated it also all really fell apart for my son through Mm. undiagnosed needs so there's this there's this fear about it and this hope that's a real pain point for me so Mm. yeah I'm a bit I'm a bit knocked today yeah how about you yeah up and down dude (laughs) (laughs) we're living we're living our best lives mate (laughs) riding riding the ride I am a bit I'm a bit better than I was despite the fact that my car is is about to die and I don't have any money to fix it um but yeah I went to see my doctor the day before yesterday um and just it was good to chat things through we're going to dive a bit deeper into my kind of hormonal health and Mm. she actually um has yeah prescribed me to go and see a sleep specialist so that's quite exciting because I've never done that before Mm. and just felt a bit it felt good to do that it was like self-care you know yeah yeah okay check in about you know medication and and where I'm at and just have a chat she said my blood pressure is really low and my iron is low so you know all the things that just to sort of it it helps to kind of feel like you've Mm. yeah you've made made a plan yeah Um, so that felt a bit better and just got a bit a minuscule uh bit on top of work <laughs> minuscule little ice pick in, in the mountain so <laughs> that's uh that's yeah. good yeah so you know trucking on yeah but we have had good news because our icf um our coaching academy course has been accredited hasn't it 
with yes. the, our addictive behaviours. So in amongst all that, we got accredited by the CPD office. Yeah. It got accredited by the CPD office. You've got to be careful with the terminology of a new. It did. The course did, yeah. Yeah. So um, but that that's pretty that's pretty good. It's one of those Amazing. things again when we get somewhere and it's like we're too busy to acknowledge it do you know what I mean and that story of our lives yeah and and I get really really fed up with perpetuating the narrative like keep saying I'm not going to perpetuate the narrative the glorification of busy anymore and then I'm like I don't know I don't know how to stop it yeah well I know we were just saying before I can't believe like it's we only published the book a year ago it's just nuts and like Um. (laughs) (laughs) we missed the year anniversary of to do any kind of promotion and we also missed national sober day yeah (laughs) i saw it on instagram i was like oh quick do a post on national sober day and it's like oh we're just we're just walking the walk oh yeah do do as we say not as we do or something like that apart from the sober bit yeah um we we do that we do that all right um all right so relationships and a partner that drinks still so obviously you know if you've listened to this before both Kate and I's husbands still drink um yeah so the 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 question or query or the conversation topic was you know how do you deal with with that essentially Mm. so what's been your journey with Mm. with that well as we talked about I think one of the really early episodes I remember it just being this massive fear, you know, because alcohol so was in the centre of my world, despite, you know, I've spoken about not like the units weren't catastrophic in terms of, you know, what what it could have been. Um, but the controlling and all the rest of it, it, it was it. So it was definitely it was like there was another thing in my relationship, basically. Mm. It was like, you know, it was like the the Jennifer Aniston in the Courtney Cox and David Cox Arquette, like, love triangle. The, so booze was definitely mm. there. Yeah. Um, and so there was a big fear. Um, and I, and it's ta- it took me quite a few years to actually articulate it to my husband to really explain it. But quite quickly, he, he got he got on board with it and and I think because he'd got so fed up with me saying I was going to stop every weekend and moaning about hangovers and all the rest of it when I I stopped and didn't tell him that I had done it for for a few weeks so that he would just notice uh and and he just agreed you know we we agreed a few things that would help like you know not having wine in the house um because that was my you know drug of choice kind of thing um and so he just had cider um and that was it really I mean that that literally was it um and the rest of it was more internal for me because he there was this boundary for us that he could do him I would do me I didn't really want him involved I don't want to have to be beholden to anyone else it was my precious thing and that's what I was going to crack on with so I think that that worked for us um what about you Um, well, what about, mm. you know, when he, 
did he, has his drinking stayed the same or did his drinking change or got less yeah yeah it got less and I think you know my husband as well he was never that um he you know he's quite a sort of a happy drinker mm. you know and he, he just didn't have the same relationship that I did so the only times it has come up and it's been bad because also he would often socialize and do any kind of drinking away from me and the only time I really it was a real kind of issue for me was when we went to a festival a couple of years ago and there was that kind of culture of it and all-nighters and people staying up all night and I really hated that Mm. like that was that was a, a massive problem for me um but yeah that so but that that was and we talked about it afterwards I was just like I'm never I'm I'm not going to one of those with you again yeah so I think that that's kind of the way that it works from what I understand with you right it's like you know he'll go off and have his nights with with his mates or Mm. or like at the house but you'll be doing something it's very separate from Mm. you um and you know your kind of boundaries that you're just you're not around for for any of that kind of heavy drinking and yeah. it, was that something that you had to have a conversation about or was was that just, you know, just a, yeah, was he no, okay not, with that? Not really. Yeah, it was, it was absolutely fine. And I think there was there was a natural separation because of work life. So I he was working in London. Mm. Um, and again, he's not a heavy drinker. So there was the odd night out with a with friends. Mm. And then, yeah, I wouldn't be doing that at all. Um yeah, and then we're, we're, we're parents, so we weren't, you know, the, the, it wasn't really, it's not really part of our social life either. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of our friends musicians and they either are gigging or so they're doing something or we're parents and they were, you know, or, or like some of my friends, even in the musician groups, they don't drink anyway and we would get together over food. So I think it morphed quite quickly, you mm. know. What about with you? Um, well, been a bit more of a journey, I'd say, mm-hmm. um, on two levels, really. The, the fact that um, being around people that dr- are drinking, I realised after when I stopped was very uncomfortable for me. Mm. Um, like, I don't. I don't know whether it's a trauma thing or whether it's just you know a sensitivity thing or just or control thing or whatever I'm sure you can psychoanalyze it Mm. but I really don't like being around people that are drinking unless their drinking is is literally like two glasses max Mm. um there's a couple of my girlfriends who I you know adore and in the early days of when I was sober I went out and they pissed and and it was okay because you know I trust them 100 percent um but now they wouldn't they wouldn't even do that anyway they would just not drink around me but um yeah so I really struggled I really struggled with him drinking around me unless it was an amount which didn't at all change his state Mm. um so yeah I mean he was always really accepting of me not drinking like it was never an issue that he was like you know made me feel bad about it or made me 
feel like our relationship would change. Um, I, you know, and I really, really, really believe that he thought that, you know, and that was the wine which sort of whispering in my ear, you know, I'd be like, are you sure you're okay? And he'd be like, of course, yeah, you do, you know, do whatever's best for you. And I would interpret that as, no, I definitely I need to drink you know <laughs> um yeah. yeah he's gonna leave me kind of thing mm. um yeah so I definitely used him as an excuse to go back to drinking or had a lot of fear around that that like it would never be the same and that is 100% hasn't been you know isn't true like our relationship's much better now than it was when I was drinking mm. um and I did have a bit of resentment, I think, you know, in parts of that, like in the early days of like, why, you know, why can you do it? And I can't kind of thing. Mm. Um, and, I, and I think that was when I was still in that phase where I didn't I didn't really want to stop. But I knew I had to kind of thing before I found the joy, you know. Mm. Um, but yeah, being around him drinking, I find very difficult because. I need to trust him um, and I need him to be my safe person and I don't trust alcohol it's not that I don't trust him but I don't trust alcohol um, so over the years it's I mean he drinks much less than he used to um, because we were enablers right um, so yeah there's been lots of conversations around boundaries around what I find it acceptable um what I find acceptable around the kids um and yeah lots of trial and error really lots of like okay that's that's not okay mm. let's chat about it again and you know right if you're gonna go out like it's not me that sleeps on the sofa it's you that sleeps on the sofa <laughs> how did I get that one wrong for so long um you know or don't come home or just like yeah I don't want to be around it um but yeah it's 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 challenging for me I don't like it with my family members I don't like it with my mates I just um it makes me feel unsafe um in quite yeah. a yeah significant way so um but I think you know the kind of the question that we had and the experience was you know what do you do I mean, what do you do when someone is really still into partying and into that lifestyle and you're not, um, you know, and I guess for me, it's like, you know, you, your sobriety is more important than other people's drinking. So it's like protect, protect, protect. It's like, you don't have to go, you don't have to, put yourself in that position um like and also you know like you you know you're enough without a drink in your hand mm. I said this to the, someone in the community <clears throat> the other day and so if they can't if they can't hack it then there's you know there's something there right it's not it's it's not okay for someone to put their drinking above your friendship or relationship um and I think that what's tricky is that it's that fear piece isn't it about when we know that we 
need to stop drinking. Right? We know that we're going to make that choice. It's not working for us anymore. It's because we live still live in that normative drinking culture. It's got to that point generally that it's not working. And it's also got to that point where we will have been using it for something and it's now having those negative consequences. And that's lowered our self-esteem and it is a big social piece and many of us will have used it in terms of that. So it, it, it will be occupying that space. And I think for many of us, that fear piece, and it's that we spend a lot of time trying to convince other people that it that nothing's going to change. It's fine. We're going to... And because we haven't learned to live without it yet, and we haven't realised that, you know, experienced that increased confidence and it sort of pirouetting off the stage just as it pirouetted into the centre of the stage. And it's now, you know, Elvis has left the building and we're not worried about Elvis anymore, but we're not at the beginning. Um, so it, it is that there's there's quite a lot of fear there. Mm. Um, and that that piece, like you said, I mean... I it, I think there's a difference, isn't it? Like you say, when if your partner or your friends drink, or if the if it's very alcohol centric, and there is a difference there, like yeah. there the definitely is. And I, what I have found, and it hasn't been in my relationship, thankfully, but with my friends, there's either been that you know we've reached that sort of happy medium and basically it's it's not a thing but that's quite taken with some it's taken quite a few years right yeah um and with some people it just I just didn't see it. we just we haven't got for whatever reason it's like it's just not it's just not going to work either yeah. um yeah so yeah I do think time is quite a is a real key thing I do um because you know thinking about that query of, of it you know it's like yeah it's something that my husband and I have worked on mm. you know since I first started quitting which was like over eight years ago so it's been it has taken time you know and it's taken yeah. and, and also like allowing him to to catch up and, mm. and and get it and also for him to re-establish his own boundaries about what he feels is appropriate behavior with mm. alcohol and I can't enforce that upon him you know I can ask questions and you know say like do you you know and you know I mean he drinks now you know like yeah a couple of glasses of red wine mm. Friday Friday Saturday Thursday Friday Saturday you know and he's not interested in going out pieing he's not interested um, yeah he's grown up essentially you know in his yeah. own way and his own and that that's been that's just his path and I, you know as much as I feel like I've put down good boundaries and stuff like that essentially he, he wasn't going to change unless he wanted to change himself you know um, and, and I think that's an important thing and again I often come back these days to internal resources and external resources and what you've got here is you, the sort of agency that you might have is around external boundaries, times, routines and occasions. Right. Yeah. So you might not be able to. Well, you can't control how, how if your partner drinks or not, but you can 
like you say, you can go, well, if the, if it's a particular kind of evening, I might opt out of that. Or maybe you can choose to do that behavior with other people that you still want to do that with. Yeah. So you can sort of mold that, like we're saying, can't you? And you can whilst you're getting on board exploring other activities that you can connect over um making if you live together obviously that's you you make some kind of decisions around what roles you're going to have with each other around respecting your right you know Mm. and and again for us it sort of hit that happy medium of I didn't really what I really didn't want to enforce what I was doing on him. So the thought of him saying, right, well, I won't drink at all either. I'd have found that a bit much. I think I'd have been like, ew, I don't know. That's a bit like you're all in my business. I would love that. Would you? See, I don't think I would. I'm like, no, you have, because almost like I could go, right, I can have a, um, a slight one up. <laughs> you go and have your horrible old rank sort of scrumpy jack and smoke roly and I'll be able to kind of I don't want that but if he was like you know say like your husband like sort of with the wine cellar doing something like that that would have been really hard for me that that then I'd have been like no that would be better not at all Mm. um poor my poor husband I think to say it's good to have enough listeners to the podcast. I know. I was just he's not that. interested in, in what I've got it, to say. Anything. I know. My my husband made a comment. It's like, did you so you post that on social media? Because <laughs> he has not like no Facebook, no Instagram, yeah. like nothing. And it's just like, yeah, he has no idea. Anyway, um uh, yeah, I mean I think I think it is worth acknowledging like where you you sit with it you know because it's like it you might be because we've had this conversation right it's like you don't it doesn't bother it it doesn't really bother you no you know um whereas it does me so it's like right the call a spade a spade of of where you are with it Mm. um and for me yeah I'd love to live in a fully sober house Mm. but it's just not it's not gonna happen so I have to have boundaries around the impact that alcohol has on me and and, mm. and my kids, basically, mm. which he gets and he loves me. And so it's a, yeah, it's a constant conversation around, around that and, and just, yeah, move, moving on. I mean, I'm lucky, I guess, that he's older than me as well. So he mm. is like nearly 50 and a bit like, bothered you know all he cares about is is a puppy and you know like having a bit of time to play tennis and play golf and be left alone <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like me yeah. I don't play golf I don't uh, play you, tennis well, you know give, give you time um <laughs> but yeah I think if you are in a in a situation where you know alcohol is still playing center stage Mm. in your life when you want to get rid of it out of your life um it can be I mean I think that's where we all were in the in the beginning right um and it can be incredibly scary and worrying um you know I guess one thing that helped us both enormously was having 
a sober community and having mm-hmm. sober friends because it was like you can go to that party and you can go and sit in the loo and be like oh my goodness you know this person just keeps repeating the same thing over and over again and you can have that feedback of like oh my god yeah that's so annoying like you're doing so well keep going kind of thing or you know to have that sort of I I mean I blogged a lot about um, alcohol in my relationships you know family friends you know husband etc in my first couple of years like a lot because I needed a lot of support around that and and a lot of you know to people's advice and people's sort of own experiences around it because I I mean you know living in France living in a in a very Mm. very alcohol centric situation throughout all of my relationships you know as you were saying about your kind of music friends like I don't like everyone (laughs) supply people you know to quite an extreme level um yeah so it's it's been a real journey but I time has been a healer time's a great salve isn't it and I and I think it's like what you were saying about the sober community I mean what occurred to me there was the great the close and the and the many you know, having your sober role models, um, having your sober community, going to the right places. It's the ragging thing again, isn't it? Who's red, amber, green people. So getting the support in the right places. And when you start off, your partner might not be that right person for you to get the support. So you can, you know, say, I don't, you know, like, oh, well, I said, I don't, I don't want you to change. I just need you to not ask me to drink you know need your love and Mm. acceptance over this and you know and I needed to show that I was doing it rather than I needed him to help me almost it was like Mm. I needed to kind of show so it was getting support in the in the right place from a sober community and I couldn't do it until I'd found sobristas and the other thing that I was going to say and it's reminded me because I was listening to that Rich Roll podcast that you were talking about the other day and Rich Roll used I've got such a crush at the moment I know you do I'm literally oh I don't really know what to say I've literally (laughs) just gone and like stared off into space but Rich Roll used a phrase that I used actually I think I'll get on well with Rich Roll um, and it was about the plate. It's like it being plate, te- plate tectonics. And it's almost like if we do, you know, get the, you know, reach out to the sober community, if we're getting the knowledge on board of the quick lit, doing our daily routines, all of that. There's a lot about this, the relationships. If you imagine them under the surface, like plate tectonics, and they shift mm-hmm. and they evolve often under the surface to find their homeostasis and their happy happy edges with each other so sometimes like you said I think as long as you don't really cross any boundaries for yourself and put yourself at risk and try and have compassion with you and other people and there's a lot of this that takes care of itself over time and um yeah yeah remembering back to the first time I quit you know which was obviously when I was deepest in my you know relationship with alcohol so whatever it was eight years ago at that point I asked my husband not to have wine in the house Mm. I remember that now and he did and he didn't have wine in the house for about six months he just had he just drank beer or 
Yeah, same um, with mine. So, yeah. so maybe that's it. Maybe that's a real, if you live together, that would be yeah. really super helpful, you know, just for a bit even. Yeah. Until you're through some kind of acute or, I mean, better not at all, but then if you've got some kind of sticking point, maybe it can go away somewhere. Like, yeah. so if it could, like, for, for us, I mean, sort of in the garage, we don't have a wine cellar, but we've got a garage, so that it was always in there anyway it was kind of out of sight out of mind yeah and it's kind of that like I think you know we we tend to be you know make things really hard for ourselves Mm. it's like um I know that Natalie oh I can't remember her surname but a brilliant um coach in the states her Uh, yeah there we go thank you her um yeah I was gonna say Imbruglia (laughs) <laughs> her tagline you know is is try easy yeah we've talked about this before but it's like we we make things incredibly hard for ourselves that. so it's like how what's the easy route you know mm. like I don't touch wine like I don't pour wine I don't yeah. have anything to do with it I never open it like you know I that's just things that are are yeah I don't mind bringing again it's like where your triggers are I don't mind bringing him a beer but I wouldn't bring him a glass of red wine it's just like I wouldn't put myself in that position no, so it's no. like and that's another thing so if in parties and stuff like that if we were hosting then he was always in charge of pouring drinks for people if they were alcoholic um and I still, yeah, I still feel a bit like that. I'm a bit like, if you want to drink, go and get it yourself. I'm not a very good host because I'm a bit yeah. like, bring it yourself, pour it yourself, help yourself, but don't involve me in it. And I am a little bit not, you know, I probably wouldn't go down well in France. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I, I do think that that's just, a, that's a respect thing. And I do oh. think it's part of this is about, you know, those make you like, a lovely yeah. alcohol-free cocktail but I'm not going to give you yeah you know and it's one. kind of like yeah, yeah there is a there's give and take right so yeah you can't you can't expect someone to change you can't expect someone not to drink um but mm. you can expect them to respect your decision you know not yeah. to drink and and not you know shove it down your throat so it's yeah. like yeah there's there's a there's a line there and and again those when those lines are crossed that's when you get resentful and or you feel unsupported and that mm. can be a huge trigger because it's just like well you don't get it you don't love me and you don't care so mm. fuck it you know um but yeah I mean definitely our relationship now is incredibly strong mm-hmm. um and I was looking through some diaries actually of when I was drinking and I'd forgotten how worried I was about mm you know whether we were going to make it and whether he loved me and you know there's so many pages of just of worry about our marriage um and I was like oh I should actually just be a bit nice to him. <laughs> I've forgotten how <laughs> like <laughs> I should probably tell him I love him now and again you know I do joking um but yeah I was just like wow like it was actually in quite a bad place um mm. You know, not because of my drinking, but just because I was incredibly ill. And, yeah. you know, not because I, because of the alcohol drinking, but it was because of alcohol, because alcohol made me incredibly ill in terms of mm. my self-esteem and self-worth and, you know, depression and all the rest of it. So, 
So yeah, so I hope that answered a little bit, just to give our experience around this subject. Mm. Um, I know you've got to go and pick up your daughter, so we should probably wrap up. Yeah, so yeah, I was just wondering if that, you know, a way to sort of summarise it for people, really. Um, Stay in your own Stay lane in your own and boss your own, your own game. game. Yeah. And that I loved, I think it was Rebecca Weller, Bex Weller, who first I heard saying that, sort of having self-compassion. So we, we have self-compassion. Well, we have to try and get that on board, and that's often a skill we, we learn. But also having compassion for other people because change is hard. So change is hard for us. So we need support, and we need support from the right places, i.e. so the community and our green people but also having compassion for our loved ones because change is hard for them as well so that kind of goes back to you know what you said about time being a great healer and also that sort of I love you I don't this isn't about you you don't have to change necessarily but I need to do this for myself and I need your love and support you know and hopefully that opens a a dialogue so that you can you know ask for some of those needs you know? yeah I mean I would say like you don't have to change with a caveat <laughs> yeah I mean if, if, if it's a, like again it's a matter of matter of degree right yeah we're talking very much from that yeah it's not uh, looking like a car crash kind of situation yeah. and dysfunction and you know all of the damage that goes with it and it's like well if if it is then that that's a that's a different matter yeah it's like uh, yeah asking Mm. you know how toxic is that relationship really are you safe Mm. within that relationship because you know definitely there are situations where Mm. with friendships and 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 with marriages that sometimes it's yeah it brings up stuff right it it shines a light in on things so Mm. yeah look after yourself but you know look after your sobriety Mm. and I think almost like there's there should be a part two and a part three to this almost because that's I think again we've come from that sort of was that sort of gray area drinking focus with also with husbands who don't identify as having an alcohol use disorder or an addiction yeah and maybe we will come back to looking at that element but also something that I've heard quite recently is um, people who within families like extended families who have said okay I want to stop and their families are terribly worried about them and then they get sober and you find that all the families get pissed all the time yeah so there's a real there's sort of family system piece in there as well 100 percent, yeah which also i think might be we'll probably have a look at at some point so yeah Mm. this is kind of just touching the surface isn't it really yeah yeah surface of that particular question yeah 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 i guess the key thing is like you never bend your well-being and your health Mm. to please someone else's drinking it's just like you know you look after you that's it's the most important thing I'm waiting for you to say fuck that shit. <laughs> fuck them. Fuck yeah. that shit. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so yeah, let's wrap it up. So what's your reason to love sober? 
for this very jolly chat. Because <laughs> <laughs> I've been very, very uh, depressed. Oh. And like that's honestly, like serious, I actually have been oh. depressed. Yeah. Um, and this cheered me up. So that's, that's it. Yeah. Oh, yay. Yeah. <sighs> and what's, you, dude? What's my reason to love sober? Is um, discovering rich role and kind of having <laughs> the little ear man ear candy going on and feeling like I don't know it was like when I watched Pirates of the Caribbean for the first time like millions of years ago and it was on the cinema and I it was Johnny and like, I am totally don't feel like that anymore but I, was, I remember Good, I don't think he's a particularly nice man death, right <laughs> and I was like as Cats and Jack Sparrow I was like Man. and I yeah I mean I've grown up since then a little bit so anyway um but now and then it was the Justin Bieber face oh, oh good god my, oh, oh my god I anyway so, so wish we'd wrong. wrap this up like five minutes ago yeah. Yeah, I've always <laughs> always just kind of managed to yeah. undo all the good work in the last five minutes don't I uh, but no anyway rich role is my reason to love nice that's a good so, reason fair um, enough um, and what's your tip of the day? Tip of the day is <sighs> take a deep breath, look up at the sky, and put one foot in front of the other because it's you're sober and the rest is good enough. That's very nice. What about you? Um, tip of the day. Well, I forgot to tell you this story, but. One of the reasons why I was so tired hmm. um, was because my cat um, at 6 a.m. just was like, wow, 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 at the door, my bedroom door. So I was just like, oh, she really wants a cuddle this morning. Opened the doors, like snoozing. And then it was like, she was going, like rolling around in the bed, looked over, Robin Bird. Oh, dead robin. No, it's oh. a robin bird in my bed. So she tucked it under the pillow. So I pulled back the pillow. This robin bird's like flapping out oh and flapped into the corner. And she was like, oh like super excited about it. So I managed to grab her, throw her out of the room, shut the door, and then managed to, like, um, you know, the, the poor bird kept on like, dive bombing into the wall it's like turn around there's the window anyway mm. got managed to get the bird out in 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 the end mm. um so the tip of the day is be wary of cats yeah i think that's a metaphor like the, yeah. the lottie was the wine witch and the robin was the sobriety was the sober spirit yeah. and it was trying and lottie nearly got it but yeah, in the end the sober spirit won and yeah. it flew out of the window to liberty and yeah. it's either that isn't it i was like she's either got a bird or she's shat in a box <laughs> <laughs> No, yeah. that will be the the puppy comes tomorrow. <laughs> that will be. You're getting a puppy tomorrow. Yeah, but I'm oh not actually God. here. I'm away in in Portugal. But um, yeah, so that will be the shit in the in the box that around the house. The shit and in the box, shit everywhere. We and yeah. yeah. Excellent. So, tip of the day is to um, yeah, just look look after your sleep. Don't let the cat mm. in. Yeah. That is a metaphor. Don't see the cat. <laughs> <laughs>
the cat is okay let's just make a <laughs> so if you're really concerned about your drinking just send up a flare and get in touch with us info at lovesober.com or find out one of the the sober communities like we said all the way through really um if you're just tuning in thinking about it for the first time and a bit sober curious and just think that it'll be really boring I mean obviously just you spend half an hour with us you know that that's not true might you know be knobs but we're not boring so come and come and get support come and hang out um and we'll see you next week for more chats bye